Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I want to talk to you just briefly on the value of revelation, the value of revelation. And we saw an example of revelation on Sunday as we were looking at the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8 and verse 29. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. That's revelation. That's the Spirit of God speaking to Philip, telling Philip what to do to use Philip to accomplish purposes, the purposes of God that will be for the Ethiopian eunuch's good and Philip's good and for God's glory, because that's what God wants to do. Uh, It was interesting. I got a testimony this week. Um, This is from Lynn. She writes, this past Sunday, my daughter and I were in a store in Springfield. A woman made a remark about the lookalike shirts we were wearing that had a logo for a very popular Christian series. I felt like God was saying, go. So I found her in the store and asked her if she knew about this show that tells the life of Jesus. She burst out in tears and said she had prayed for someone to tell her about Jesus today, and we did. She accepted Jesus as her Savior right there in the store. Thank you for reminding us to go when God says to go, right? So God is speaking to people. He wants to speak to, he speaks to all of us. Most of the time it's, are we listening? Are we leaning in? Are we close enough to hear his voice? Because sometimes that voice is a whisper. And we talked about God sending us and saying go. God not only wants to talk to us about people we can share Christ with, imagine that the lady and her daughter are wearing the same kind of shirt, somebody comments, and instantly the Spirit of God says, that's somebody I want you to talk about, and she's now born again. That's an amazing story. And God wants to do that through all of us, but he wants to speak about other things to us as well. Paul, the apostle, talks about Revelation in his letter to the church at Ephesus. And I mean, this is a great church. This is a church that's in revival. This is a church where they're burning satanic scrolls and and, uh, people are turning from idols. And there's a revival that breaks out in Ephesus that is probably one of the great revivals in the whole history of the church because it sweeps across all of Asia and there are miracles that are happening. They're taking handkerchiefs from Paul. They're placing them on people and people are being healed. It's absolutely amazing. But as Paul is thinking about them and, and praying for them, this is what he prays in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. You see, even a strong church and even a church in revival needs revelation that comes from God. The church needs it as a whole. That's what we're witnessing tonight. When you have words of knowledge, that's revelation from God to the church. When when we're in his presence, God wants to speak to us 
through us to do things in this service and to do things in our life that will affect the people around us as we go from this place. Here's Paul. He's praying they'd be empowered by the Spirit, and the purpose of that empowerment is that they would have revelation. You say, what is revelation? Revelation is when God speaks to our hearts concerning the situations and circumstances we or other people face in life. So God might speak to you about somebody other than yourself and just give you insight into them so that you might reach out to them. For example, there, uh, this is just a few weeks ago, there's an individual that they've been a part of the church since the 90s. And I don't know that I've had a conversation with them um, in 15 years. I mean, that's a long time. But this family's on my mind, and I, can't, I cannot get them on my mind, off my mind. So when somebody comes to your mind and you can't get them off your mind and you're burdened for them, it's just like, man, I, I'm concerned about them. I'm worried about them, so I'm praying for them. So then I, you know, invariably when that happens, don't just pray for them, but reach out to them. So I reach out and ask if I can meet him for lunch so we can sit and talk. So, you know, and, and great people. And so when we sat down, I said, hey, I just want you to know, because it's, it's been a long time, uh, you're not in trouble and you're not, you know, I'm not asking for anything and I'm not, you know, I go through all the disclaimers. Um, I don't have any agenda other than you have been on my heart and it's, it started at this point and it's been go ongoing and I just need to make sure you're okay. And his eyes glistened a little bit and he said, I really appreciate that you've been praying for me and then he went on to tell me what had been happening. And I was like, wow, Lord, you are so good. You're so gracious because God cares about people and he puts you, you might not even know the people because sometimes you can think you're all alone and God has put you on somebody's heart and they're praying for you. Maybe they didn't call you and maybe they didn't reach out to you, but they're still praying for you. I believe God does that. I mean, how many of you have had that experience where you're, um, you know, all of a sudden you can sense the Lord ministering to you and, you and instantly what I'll think is somebody's praying for me right now because of a spirit of revelation, a spirit of wisdom. As a pastor, I need that not just in leading the church. You need it, first of all, just in walking with the Lord for yourself. And then as a husband, I need it in my relationship with Debbie. I need it as a father with my kids. I, I need it with my grandkids so that I know how to pray for them, so that I know how to interact with them. I need it as a pastor and leading the church. Every Christian, all of us need revelation from God. We need God to speak to us, and we have to cultivate a listening ear that we might hear God. Revelation is specific knowledge from God that helps us to carry out his will in our life and to do his will for the lives of others in a way that will lead to blessing. Here's what happens, you know, and, and this, is not, this is not a luxury in, in our Christian experience. This is an absolute necessity. Because Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18 says, without revelation, people run wild. Because the fact of the matter is, if, if we're not listening to God, we're going to make decisions we ought not to make. 
I mean, it would go without saying we wouldn't want to make sinful decisions, but God wants to give us direction in life to make wise decisions, to determine whether to go this direction or that direction, whether it's personal decisions on switching jobs or, or where you're going to go to college or whether you're going to sell your house right now and buy a house and economic decisions. God cares about all those things. God wants to speak to your heart, but if you, the, the wrong time to cultivate that revelation, that ability to hear his voice is when you really need to. The right time to cultivate it, and I mean, it, hey, anytime's a good time to hear from God, but better to develop a discipline, a habit of leaning in to hear the voice of God and having a, an attitude that says, God, I want to know what it is you want me to do. And I want to hear what it is you're speaking to my heart. And the Holy Spirit is the source of God's revelation. It starts with him revealing God's word to us. And this, is, so if you're, you say, well, I've never really been very good at hearing the voice of God or sensing the prompting of the Lord, then start with the word of God. And, and God can't bring to your remembrance what you've never read. He can't bring to your remembrance what you've never heard, what you don't know. And one of the things the Spirit of God wants to do, John chapter 14 and verse 26, the Holy Spirit, he'll teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So it starts with you and I reading the Word and then the Holy Spirit starting to bring the Word of God back to you and you start to remember it. You start, so if you heard a sermon and all of a sudden you're thinking about it again. You're remembering it again. You're remembering what God spoke to you. That's the Holy Spirit bringing it back to you, reminding you that's revelation. It's what he does. In John 16 and verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth because there are things that God wants you to know that are not in the Bible. Do you need to know the Bible? Yes, but are there things that are not in the Bible that he wants you to know? Absolutely. And God can guide you. He can show you. He wants to teach us. He'll not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So Jesus is speaking, directing the, the Spirit of God and saying, I want you to tell them this. And the Holy Spirit then is speaking the words of Jesus to your heart the direction of Jesus to your life. He'll bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. In verse 15, all that belongs to the Father's mind, that is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So the Holy Spirit knows the heart of God. He knows the mind of God relative to your life, my life, relative to the church, and he wants to make that known to you and I. Now, Revelation is useful for the following three things, and, and then we're going we're gonna to wait on the Lord and allow him to speak to us. What it does is it personally transforms us through our encounters with God. So when the Spirit of God, uh, when he speaks to your heart, let me just say this, to be in that position, you need to, have, you need to allow the, the presence of the Lord to rest on your life. And it's important to cultivate his presence in our life. So we've talked about this before. 
We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. That has to do with purity. We don't want to allow things in our life that offend God. So if there are things in your life that you know are offensive to the Lord, that are a violation of his word, you have to deal with those ruthlessly and you have to say, God, I repent, I turn from that, and Holy Spirit, forgive me for offending you. You know, at, at some point, you've got to decide what's more pleasurable to your life, your sin or his presence. Do you want to be able to do what you want, or do you want to have the hand of the Lord on your life? Because you can't have it both ways. And at whatever point we're tolerating in our life, what we know is less than what God desires for our life, we're cutting ourselves off from the voice of God and from his working in our life to a degree that would bless us and bless people around us. So we, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit and we don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. Listen, you and I can't, and that has to do with his power, you and I cannot control the Holy Spirit. We're better off to say, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. But at whatever point we put limits on him and we say, well, I'll, God, I'll let you do this in my life or I'll let you do this in my life, but I'm not sure about that because that goes against how I was raised or that goes against what I'm comfortable with. Listen, the Holy Spirit could make you uncomfortable. He's not, he's not nearly as interested in your comfort as he is in you and I being like Christ. He's not nearly as interested in you and I feeling uh, at rest as he is you and I being used by him in a way that again does is for our good and his glory. But when the Holy Spirit, when he comes on you, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking we we're talking about this at noon in our staff prayer meeting, which we had a, we had a tremendous time in here this morning. Um, you know, we got a great staff. I mean, we just, it's voluntary. Nobody has to come, but we have a lot of people that come, uh, probably easily a hundred people coming to just pray, to pray for you, to pray for the service. But we were talking about the Holy Spirit and, and one of the things that, that the Lord, that God said to John the Baptist is, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. He's the one. And so in Jesus' life, what happened is the Spirit of God came down on him at his baptism and remained. So he's walking with the Spirit of God, with the presence of God on his life. Why is he doing that? Because everything he does, he's going to do through the power of the Holy Spirit to show us what it looks like in a person's life when the Spirit of God remains on them. And that same power is available to you and I. And so what we see, Jesus left us an example. Peter says that you and I might follow in his footsteps. The Spirit of God remained on him, and that was the key to him operating in the Father's will and in the, in the power of the Spirit to heal people. So this whole idea, it transforms us through our encounters with God as the, as the Holy Spirit reveals himself to us, as he reveals his presence to us. Uh, it's a great thing, a great discipline, and a great uh, thing to cultivate in our lives is this sensitivity to the Holy Spirit so that you can tell when he's in a, in a place. You can tell when he's in a conversation. You can tell when he's at work, when he's moving. We don't always, I'm not saying we know everything he's doing and always know what he's doing, but the sensitivity to his presence 
is transformational in our lives. Number two, it releases our faith to believe for things God wants to do. That when the, when the Spirit of God reveals himself and, and gives us revelation, then all of a sudden, it gives us faith to believe. So for example, let's put it in what we just heard. Somebody has a word about anxiety and, and you know, just really a beautiful word. Some of you are partnering with anxiety and God wants to set you free. Instantly, faith rises in your heart if you're, if you're dealing with anxiety because God is speaking to you in that moment. And when God speaks to you with his voice is the power to accomplish his will. So when, when Colin gets up and says, somebody has gout in their right leg, that's very, very specific, incidentally. I mean, you know, um, I, always, I always get excited when, the, when different people tell me their word because I'm like, wow, the more specific it is, you know, the more interesting it is to me to, not that I doubt, but I'm just like, this is gonna be fun to watch. But I mean, then all of a sudden, if you've got gout in your right leg and you're, you're I mean, come on. I mean, with, with the word of God, with the word of the Lord is the power to bring healing to your life, to your body physically, right? So all of a sudden, your faith, when the spirit of God speaks, it gives you faith to believe him to do powerful things. And then when Brandon gets up, because Brandon had told me after the prayer day on Monday, he said, you know, I kept getting this word, and I think it might be for Wednesday night about teeth, that God's going to heal people's teeth and like replace teeth and do, and, and um, you know, and I'm, that is just so cool. Any, any miracle or work of God is, but one of the things when, I've, when you read about revivals is that was something that commonly happened uh, in revivals that were great moves of God like Azusa, and we've talked about uh, Mariah Woodworth Eder and, and uh, different people, miracles where teeth, um, old teeth fell out, new teeth grew in, and grew in over a series of hours. Uh, you read some of the accounts, but again, with the word, with the revelation from the Spirit, is the power of God to do it. And what happens, it releases our faith to believe, right? That's why, that's why you want to hear from the Lord, because when you hear from the Lord, and especially as you grow in your ability to hear from the Lord, with that comes faith to believe him, so that when he tells you to go to the person and share, there's faith to believe God is at work. When he, when he tells you to pray for somebody, there's faith to believe, or maybe you prayed for some of those standing, and as you were laying hands on them, I don't know about you, but because that's a moment where God has so clearly spoken, faith comes easier for me in that moment to just believe, because I know God is speaking and God's gonna do it. So we, in, in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse seven, it says we live by faith, not by sight. So, and, and faith comes, remember, you know, that, that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Faith doesn't come from the Word of God. It comes from hearing the voice of God, and it's the Word of God that, that predisposes us. It's the Word of God that sensitizes us. It's the Word of God that prepares us to hear the voice of God. And when we hear, when we hear the voice of God, then faith comes with that. Are you with me? Number three. It results in a greater anointing of the Spirit on our life. So 
when, when you and I hear from the Lord and when we're walking in that, what happens is there's an increased measure of the Holy Spirit on our life. You know, you and I, we can have more and more and more. This is the good news. You're never going to have all of the Spirit you can have. There's more for everybody in this room. God has more for you. God wants more of his hand on your life. He wants more of his presence on your life. He wants more of his power on your life. He wants, he wants to do more than you and I could ask or imagine. That's what it says in Ephesians, right? So as you and I get a revelation from the Lord and we grow in our ability to hear him, what happens is there's an increasing weight of the Holy Spirit on our life. And what I love about this, I mean, and this is, a, this is a verse that I just think is one of the great verses in scriptures, Psalm 25 and verse 14. It's in the message. God friendship is for God worshipers. They are the ones he confides in. I mean, what, what could be better than being a friend of God? Where, you know, he says, listen, you know, there's Manish. He's my friend. There's Kathy. She's my friend. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just so, so wonderful. I mean, wow, friends with God. But here's what happens. God friendship is for God worshipers. So you've come into this place tonight and you've worshiped God. Some of you need to hear this word tonight. God views you as a friend. He loves you so much. Some of you come into church and the enemy works you because he, he wants to make you believe that God is separated from you, that God is distant from you, that your, your failures preclude your ability to get close to God. And all God says is if you fail, confess your sin if you've if you've if there are things in your life that are not right make them right turn from your sin and and as you're worshiping the lord you know he is and then there's others and you're you're you come in and you feel like you know what i haven't really i haven't really done had my devotions or done what i wanted to do in walking with the lord and so you don't feel good about your relationship with the lord because honestly you kind of have a works-based relationship with god where if you do certain things then it's all good with you and god if you don't then it's not good and that's not how god works god says when you and i worship him and we're in his presence there's relationship happening and then watch what happens God friendship is for God worshipers. They are the ones he confides in. You know how you do with a friend when you've got a, a friend you're close to, the closer you are to that friend, the more you tell them about things that you maybe wouldn't tell anybody else. You confide in them. You let them know what you're thinking. You let them know what you're planning. You let them know what you're, what you're feeling. Do you realize that when you and I are walking with God and we're walking close to God again, that's revelation. God confiding in us, God telling us, God speaking to us, God being a friend to us. And when we, when we do that, it, it, it increases our ability to walk in the purpose that for which God has created us and the power which God has planned 
from his throne to flow through us to people around us that they might be encouraged and they might be ministered to, right?